2020 is finally behind us. <laughs> Saw a joke on Facebook. Hindsight is now literally 2020. Yeah, I told you, I told you. I said, man, it's a dad joke. I'm going to do it. They may not laugh. I say, I don't care. So it's all good. <laughs> it's a new year, and that brings with us the promise of a fresh start, the idea of change. Now, New Year's, maybe, maybe some of you have experienced change thanks to New Year's resolutions. Uh, we all know the top resolutions that people make. I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to uh, stop drinking or I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to learn a new skill. I'm going to spend less money. I'm going to save more. I uh, think all those will probably make the family few top answers list. But I, I know some people last year that they made a New Year's resolution to go through their entire Bible in 2020, uh, reading it, listening to it. Uh, many of them were doing that for the first time. Uh, they chose a plan on their YouVersion Bible app, and they went through the whole year uh, listening, reading through uh, sections of Scripture each day. And, you know, sometimes you get behind, but they just catch back up. They keep up with it. And they went through the entire Bible in a year. And that was a pretty big change for them. You know, that's a pretty cool accomplishment. It helped them know God's Word more completely help them understand him a little uh, more deeply. And they made a good change to their lives. And we can too. And sometimes people lie to themselves. And they tell themselves they can't change. I think of that old Leonard Skinner song, Free Bird, where they sing, you know, and this bird you cannot change. Lord knows I can't change. Lord help me, I can't change. And it's a pretty good song. It has a great guitar solo, but... Those lyrics are not true. I can't change. Lord, help me. I can't change. No. The truth is, we all change as we go through life. In fact, one of the only constants in life is change. Change is not only possible. Change is inevitable. We can look back in the past. We can see how much the world has changed, how much we have changed. Last year was a great year to do just that. Now, I think sometimes people say things like, I can't change, because they look back on their life in a time when they tried to make a change, but they didn't succeed. But the way you were in the past doesn't define the way that you have to be in the future, right? Like our background, what we've done, it, it doesn't determine our destiny like what we will do if anything our past can help us to change we can learn from our past mistakes and improve no one succeeds all the time but losses are lessons i heard that recently and i love that saying the losses are lessons we learn from them we learn from our failures we learn from our mistakes and we can change now i don't want to make it seem like uh, I think that change is easy. Um, I've made it a goal this year to run a marathon, the first one in my life. Um, I know that one of the keys to accomplishing your goals is to uh, have other people hold you accountable. So uh, now I've told you all and you all can hold me accountable. You can ask me how the training is going or you can just shake your head at me and go, hmm. 
Better you than me. I don't know. Tell me I'm crazy. Whatever you want to do there. But this is something on my bucket list that I've wanted to do. I've been researching it. I have a training plan. And I've looked at it a, a lot. It involves a good bit of effort. It means running a lot of miles. It means a lot less Mountain Dew intake. I'm not sure which of those is going to be harder for me. Um, but I know this change is going to be a challenge. I, I understand change is challenging. Change isn't easy. I'm not trying to say it is. Change isn't easy, but neither is it complicated. Like, we typically know what we need to do. It's not like, I just don't understand. No, it's, it's the doing it that's hard, right? It might be hard to do, but it's not hard to understand. There are three simple steps that we can take to change. And step number one is believe the promise to change. Now, talk about promises. I'm a stickler when it comes to promises. I am a stickler when it comes to keeping my word to the best of my ability. I don't like to promise something if I can't deliver on it. Like a lot of times my kids will ask me like, hey, can we do something fun this weekend? Can we have a movie night? Can we uh, stay up? Here? Can we go see that movie this way? Man, I don't know. I, more often than not, I'll say, well, we'll see because I'm not sure what the future holds. And, and I don't like making promises that I can't keep. Now, maybe you've had someone in your life that made promises flippantly. You know, and, and they often ended up breaking them because yeah, it didn't mean much to them. You know, they said, oh, I'll pick you up at five o'clock. And then you're there at 630, like, mm. you know, they, they go back on their word. They, they break promises. I, I've had people like that in my life. It's hard to trust them, right? It's hard to trust when they make promises. But the beauty of God and his promises is that he has never broken one. He is always faithful. So whenever I say, believe the promise to change, you need to know who's making that promise, and that is God. All right? And since God is making that promise, we know we can trust that promise because we know that God is faithful. Right? So we can believe God's promise, but what is God's promise of change? Well, the prophet Ezekiel, he recorded it in Ezekiel 11, 19 to 20. This is what it says. I will give them one heart and a new spirit I will put within them. I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep my rules and obey them. And they shall be my people and I will be their God. So what does God promise to change about us? Um, well, our heart and our spirit, you know, that promise made here that, that was looking forward to Jesus he's the one that makes that possible and when we want to talk about changing things in our lives this is where it all begins on the inside in our hearts a lot of us when we try to change we, we kind of do it uh, wrong uh, we tend to focus on the outside instead of on the inside because you know that's what we see but God sees the inside when we don't you know it says the bible says a man looks at the outward appearance but the lord looks at the heart um, so god goes beyond just the surface to change us he goes to the heart of the matter literally god transforms us from the inside out 
He doesn't just change our actions. He changes our heart. And then when our hearts are changed, then our actions change. We need to believe that. We need to believe God's word if we want to change. Belief is such a powerful thing. It's not the only step to change, but it is a necessary step. If you want to make a positive change for God, you need to believe that God can change you. Uh, Romans 10, 9 and 10 and tells us how important God considers belief to be. Uh, it's essential for salvation. It's one of the steps there. It says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, for it's with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. It says there, with your heart you believe and are justified. What does justified mean? When we're justified, it means that God declares us sinners righteous. We're righteous in the eyes of the Lord, thanks to Jesus Christ, our Savior. That's what it means when we're justified. It means sinners declared righteous, all right? So we have this change in belief that leads to a change in us by God. God changes us. He makes us new creations. There's a show that I enjoy watching. Uh, it's called The Repair Shop. People bring in all sorts of antique family heirlooms that have been broken or stained or damaged in some way. And, and they bring this cherished item into the shop, and then they have all these experts that fix it. So one time people brought in an old grandfather clock, and it looks like, man, you could tell that thing used to look majestic. But it wasn't working anymore. On the inside, it needed some work. Um, it wasn't running anymore. So the repair shop, they cleaned it up, and they cleaned the parts that needed cleaning, and they replaced the broken parts with parts that worked, and they got the clock working good as new. And one of my favorite moments on shows like that is the big reveal at the end, you know, whenever they uh, they have the owners come in and they see the changes, and they're like, oh, my gosh, it's like a new clock. Now, of course, it's the same clock, but it's also – Kind of a new creation because the insides have been cleaned up and changed and fixed and now it's as it should be. Well, that's kind of what God does for us. He fixes us where we need to be changed. He fixes our hearts that have grown too hard, replaces them. He cleans out the filth. He gives us a new spirit. He makes us new creations. Second Corinthians 5:17 says, "Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here." Change starts with our belief. So, believe God's promise to change us. Believe that, yeah, I can change because of God, right? Now, the next step of change is to receive the power to change. When it comes to changing Again, some of us have doubts about our ability to change. We remember our past failures and we know our struggles. And we're familiar with the schemes of the enemy and how he tries to drag us down. We remember before when we tried to change and, oh, I stumbled some. So how can we overcome these obstacles? No matter what change we need to make, God has given us all we need to change through him. And one of the greatest things that he has given us is his love. So first of all, we need to be affirmed 
by God's love. We receive the power to change by being affirmed by God's love. Now, a lot of times we start trying to change. We have these voices inside our head, right? And they start, when it gets hard, they, they start talking. You know, oh, you're not good enough. And nobody likes you. <laughs> you're never going to succeed. But those are lies from the enemy. And we need to be affirmed by God's love because God's love tells us something different. It says, I don't just like you. I love you. You're not a nobody. You're my child. You're good enough for the creator of the universe. Of course you can do it. You know, his word says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I love that saying that God loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to let you stay there. You know, God sees us and he loves us, but he sees us sometimes tangled up in sin and he wants us to break free from that sin because he sees how it's pulling us down and, and he wants to lift us up. So God loves us. He wants to move us because he loves us, right? He wants to change us for the better. He wants to help pull us out of the sin that entangles us and pull us closer to him. God's love pulls us in the right direction. Love changes people. Anyone that's ever been in love can tell you that, man. You start getting new interests. You start caring about new things. Um, Sarah, she did not really like sports before, but now she follows football she could tell you what's going on in the game. She, you know, she knows what's going on. We even have a family picture where we are all dressed up in Redskins jerseys and shirts. This is before they just called themselves football team. Um, I'm a Washington fan. I, I promise you, if you follow football, you know this. She did not start caring about football and cheering for Washington because they're so good. Um, <laughs> no. I. Uh, she, it was more like, here, misery loves company. Um, it's because she loves me. Um, she started caring about what I care about because love alters our interest. And it's the same with God. You know, God's love alters our interest. We start looking at things from his point of view instead of from ours. Uh, when we have these internal impulses to sin, we don't just, all right, well, let me follow it then. We fight them because we love God, right? We think about what would please him in our lives, you know? And so for the Christian, that's everything from like, all right, well, let me think about what would God think about how I spend my time? What would God think about how I treat other people? What would God think about how I spend my money? What would he think about what I choose to watch and listen to? You know, because we love God. And so we're like, man, I I want to please God because I love God. That love between us and God, it affirms us that we don't have to believe the lies, right? We know we are loved. We know we are valued. We know that we can change. And then it alters our interests so that we change to please God because we love him. So God's love, it helps give us the power to change. Another tool that helps us is staying connected to Christ's body. Christ's body, that's the church. We are the body. You know, and when we stay connected to one another in Christian community, it helps us to overcome the negative influences in the culture around us and the change for the better. 
God has made us social creatures. Some of us are more social than others. I, I get it. there's introverts and extroverts, but all of us need people. We just, we can't help it. Now, we, we desire the approval of people too, and no matter how much you want to lie about it. You know, we all desire to be approved of by certain people, and this can be a bad thing. When you get in the wrong crowd, you know, you think about um, people that they start to hang with the wrong people. And they start engaging in self-destructive behavior. First Corinthians 15:33 says, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good character. I had a coach in high school. He used to say, show me your friends. I'll show you your future. So with that, you think, yeah, it, being social if you're trying to get the approval of the wrong people, that could be bad. But overall, it's still a pretty good thing. Being social is a good thing because our commitment to our family or your team or your community, it can cause us to want to be better for them, right? We conform to the values of those that we value. And yeah, together, everyone accomplishes more teamwork, but also... When you're around a team, you will try to improve yourself just individually. You'll live healthier. You'll improve yourself by trying to be the best you can be because you want their approval. So being around the right people is going to help you be the best you. And that's why you'll see like exercisers working out together so that they can encourage one another, so they can spur one another on. You may get up one day, you don't feel like working out, but you know, oh, they're waiting for me. I need to go and work out anyway, even though I don't feel like it because you don't want to disappoint them and you want to keep each other accountable. This is true in family too. Uh, you know, our family, a lot of times it improves us, especially you, you have the right people around you too often. When my wife is out of town, I, I don't really like the person I become. I'll be honest. I, I eat way too much junk food and I stay up way too late and I watch too much TV. And I don't know, maybe some of you identify with that. Uh, but this is precisely why staying connected to the church is so important spiritually. Church and attendance, it's not important because you're trying to get an attendance pin, right? Like It's important because Christian community encourages us to be better. We spur one another on to love and good deeds, as Hebrews 10.24 says. Verse 25 says, this is why we don't give up meeting together, so that we can encourage one another. Right? So when we're surrounded by other members of Christ's body, then what that does is it reinforces the values that shape our lives. Right now, being together when we're around other Christians, but not just right now, not just in worship service, doing life together too. That time together around other Christians reinforces the values that shape us. Living for Christ, putting others before ourselves, living out our faith, you know, it reinforces all those things. And we are motivated to change for the better when we're around other people that share the same ideals and the same goal. So God has given us this church body to help encourage us and help spur us on to good deeds. And we'll receive the power to change, not just from God's love, but also from staying connected to Christ's body. And that means in worship, but also outside in your daily lives. 
Thirdly, we need to recognize the power source that is inside us that helps us change. We receive the power to change by being empowered by God's Spirit. Now, as I said before, when it comes to making positive changes in your life, sometimes you look back and you're like, ooh, I don't know, man, Satan made me trip up there last time. I know the enemy that we are facing is powerful, right? Yes, Satan and his demons, they have a lot of influence in this world. It's likely that there are some demons that are assigned to you right now to, you know, they know your weaknesses. They try to uh, exploit them. That's why the Bible tells us to be on guard. But uh, it's also likely that there are angels that are assigned to you as a protective force watching over you. We see evidence of this in Scripture. But more importantly, we know that we have God, the Spirit, inside of us. And the Holy Spirit is greater than any demon. The band Mercy Me, it has a, a cool song about this it's called Greater. You know, greater is the one living inside of me than he who is living in the world. That's based on 1 John 4, 4, this truth there. It says, you, dear children, are from God and have overcome because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. It's just that simple. So we have God in us, and that should give us so much confidence that we can change so much confidence in our daily walks we should develop this like grit in our souls where we're like i can do this you know even when demons come with their temptation you know like i can stand against this and not because you're being prideful it's not because of your own ability you understand that but it's because no i have the holy spirit in me and the holy spirit is greater than any demon in any temptation that i will face with god on our side we can change. We can overcome because our God is greater than everything. You can change. But you have to ask yourself, do you want to change? You know, a lot of us like being comfortable. Who doesn't really? But, but comfort's not always our friend. Sometimes we get too comfortable. We don't want to change. Even if it means changing for the better because we kind of like where we are now or even if we don't it's like yeah i may not totally like it but still you know i i don't want, want to put forth the effort to move out of here you don't ever want to get so comfortable with where you are that you stop growing that you stop maturing as a believer that you stop stepping out of your comfort zone doing things that are maybe difficult, but they're good for you and they stretch you. Um, you know, we always want to keep growing. We always want to uh, keep expanding because as we grow in our faith, we are growing closer to God. We are changing for the better. So you can change, but you know, you need to ask yourself. The question for each of us is: Are you willing to accept the challenge to change? Earlier, I addressed the people that thought they couldn't change, right? And we saw how God has given us everything we need to change. But there might be some in here that, you know, you know that you could change, but they're just not sure that they need to. And if that's you, I just want you to be honest with yourself. 
we know we all have areas to change. We all have areas not yet fully submitted to God. You know, your area, uh, it might be an addiction to a substance or to a device. It might be controlling your tongue. It might be changing what you say on social media. It might be mending a broken relationship. Maybe it's being more generous with your time and your money. Uh, I know a lady, uh, she's trying to grow in compassion right now. So she's made it her goal to uh, volunteer at the rescue mission every six weeks and be about 10 times this year. Uh, it might be growing in knowledge and spiritual wisdom by, by reading, listening to God's word and good Christian books. I know friends, they make it a goal to read a good Christian book once a month. That's 12 books in a year. You can grow a lot doing that. What I want to challenge you to do today is to, right now, not, not just today, right now, is to zero in, identify one area, just one, not three or five, but one area that you could commit to change in your life. You know, Think this through while I'm talking and choose one area that you could change this year. Now for me, uh, that area is prayer. Uh, I know the power. I know the importance of prayer. I'm a minister. I mean, you know, I've, I've preached sermons on prayer. And I do pray, but I do not pray like I should. Um, and I would be the first to admit that there are days when I've, I'll totally forget to pray except for like, God, thank you for this food. You know, and that's, I want to grow closer to God. I, you know, if it was any other relationship, being like, did you say anything today? Yeah, I said, thanks for food. You know, it, it's kind of a, a weak relationship. I, I want to grow closer to God. So I made it a goal, like I'm going to pray not only every day this year, but multiple times every day this year. I really am going to be uh, more focused in on praying. Um, yours might be that. It might be something different. Maybe you're like, man, I've never read not just the Bible. I've never even read through a book of the Bible. Maybe your goal is like, oh, I'm going to read through Luke. You know, or I'm going to start reading Christian books uh, apart from the Bible. And uh, or, you know, maybe you're, I'm going to start volunteering. I'm going to start trying to give more. I'm going to say, whatever it might be, you think of an area you can change. Maybe it's stopping something. I'm going to stop looking at this. I'm going to stop doing this. You know, I, I'm going to put down that, you know, um, whatever it is. Might be adding some to your life, might be removing some from your life. Don't assume that just because you're a Christian that it's going to be easy. Uh, like we said at the beginning, change isn't easy, but neither is it complicated. And we have all the resources to change that we need from God. Uh, before I talked about the power that comes from God's love, it comes from Christ's body, the church, talks about the, uh, the Holy Spirit in us. But we also have scripture as a guide for us, God communicating to us. And that's a powerful tool that we should all want to use as a resource to, to utilize more. Um, as a church, we're going to be going through a study this year called Core 52. It's based on a book by Mark Moore. Um, he is a perform, former uh, Bible college professor. He was at Ozark Christian College, and he actually wrote the uh, gospel textbooks that I used whenever I was in Bible college. Um, and... He wrote this book, Core 52, with this idea that over the course of the year, each week we're going to be looking at 52 
different key ideas in the Bible. And uh, there's going to be not just that idea, but also a verse to go along with it uh, for us to not just read, but to make it a goal to memorize. You know, if nothing else, you could say, hey, my goal, I'm going to memorize 52 verses this year, one a week. You know, um, and, and then also he gives some practical ways to put it into practice. So today, you know, our, our verse is Romans 12:2. If you got your bulletin, um, which I encourage you to do, I've been uh, taking time to put in note takers there. So make sure to get those and, and fill them out. I know those help me stay focused and listen. Um, right at the top of that note taker, it has Romans 12:2, and then there's some questions that I've asked in this sermon as well for you to uh, answer. You can write out the answer on your note taker, and those questions, they are there to help you make a plan for change and and then work on putting that change in action because obviously our theme today is change. In Romans 12:2 it says do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, that word transformed it goes right along with what we've been talking about today with change. The Greek word for that is metamorpho it's where we get our English word metamorphosis. And when you talk about a metamorphosis, you know, maybe you think of tadpoles turning into frogs, caterpillars becoming butterflies. You know, in other words, it's a radical transformation. That's what that word means, that transformed a metamorpho. It means a, a radical transformation. You know, and that's the kind of transformation that God gives us, a radical transformation. We've talked about how he justifies us. He gives us a new heart. He gives us new desires through his love, a church community to help spur us on, hold us accountable, his awesome Holy Spirit to fill us, his Holy Word to guide us. God has given us every resource that we need for radical change, radical transformation. Most of all, he has given us his son, Jesus Christ. And it's through him that that transformation is made possible through what Jesus did for us on the cross. Now, as we come to our invitation time today, if you haven't made the decision to follow Jesus Christ, do that today. That's the best change that you can make, best decision that you can make. I know many of you already have. Your change has already begun. Many of us were already following Christ, and so I would challenge you, do not become complacent in your Christian walk. Don't hear a sermon that is challenging you to change and grow closer to God and go, nah, I'm good. Pick an area in your life that you can change and change. Strive to change. God has given you the tools to do it. There are areas in all our lives that we can surrender further to God. And so I challenge you all, and I'm challenging myself as well, commit for the change for your benefit and for God's glory this year. We're going to stand and sing, change my heart, O God. And may that be all of our prayers, that God would mold our hearts, help us grow, help us live more for his glory this year. Would you stand with me?